record and we're gonna start this. I love that song. <laughs> I love Got Your Money. That's a fun song. Uh, welcome, guys. This is a special episode of the Aim High podcast. I am Dre. Uh, we are hosted. This podcast is hosted on the CDB Multimedia Network. And as those of y'all that will see this on YouTube can see, I'm joined by not just one, but two wonderful guests today. Uh, we will start with Oh, Jermaine's out running errands. But we'll start with the uh, face that you guys all know and well, good and well. Sloan, go ahead, tell the people who you are. I'm Sloan Ketterin, uh, co-founder of CDB Multimedia Network, co-host of Sucio Boys Podcast. I do drugs. I get paid to do them. Uh, I drink alcohol. I get paid to do it. Uh, I shoot jail blasters, and now we get paid to do it. Uh, you know, um, I just all around hustle and smoke reefer. Yes, yes. You uh, <laughs> said you want some, right? Oh, uh, shout out, shout out to Doctor Dabber. That's one of our sponsors. You know, uh, I don't have a bottle of Luke Beller champagne out here, but. <clears throat> If I could find one, I would. Shout out to 17 Labs, uh, Grow Gang Inc., Sexual Chocolate Factory. Uh, I said Luke Belair Champagne. Am I missing yep. one? Uh, we said Gel Blasters already, too. And Yeah, uh, we got them all. We got them all. Yep. There we go. <coughs> we're, we're just out here hustling. Man. Also, come shout to out to... Come to Pod Row. <laughs> shout out to Fennec, uh Nutrition, who's going to be partnering with the Aim High Podcast. Uh coming in March, so that's going to be one. a very fun time. Uh, shout out to them as well. And we have our other guests. Oh, wait. Sorry, I'm on this side. It's on this side for me. Uh, uh, Reyes, go ahead and tell the people who you are. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Joe Reyes, good friend of Dre. We go way back to the military days in the U.S. Air Force. And yeah, I'm currently a surgical technologist and a credit enthusiast myself. I really like credit cards. I like to use the points. Travel hack. And I like to teach people how to take advantage of credit cards. I and like yeah, just get the most bang for your buck. Oh, yeah. I this like man's this man. the financial he probably, guru. He probably travels like I do. <laughs> like, you, you, you pick one, one airline, one car company to rent from, one hotel to stay at. No, I have no loyalty to any particular brand. I just go to whoever gets me the most bang for my buck with my credit card points. I'll see. We do that, but we use our American, our car. We use our uh, Capital One card, and it's in our American. Uh, we can use our American uh, airlines uh, stuff for it too. So respect, respect. We, my wife, do that shit too. I don't know nothing. I just go where she tell me to. <laughs> uh, we need to leave this day. Okay, cool. I just, I just do what I'm told. That's. Uh... <laughs> well, we buy it happy on the American. Happy house, I dig it. Hey, oh, <laughs> you know, hold up. we there buy it is. on the American app. Oh, this this poo butt motherfucker. 
but we buy off the American app, and sometimes you get 20, 30 times the points or the sky miles on top of the dollar. So, yeah, why not do it that way? And shout out to hey, America uh, for giving me a, when you get a, second. Uh, a $200 credit. Shout out to them. I love it. Hey, he, I don't know what he doing. He ain't doing no drugs, I can tell you that. He looked like he just had a train ran on him. Here hey, um, <laughs> He's number there. one show gun. Yeah, my fault. Nah, you're good. You're good. Go ahead and tell the people about yourself. I don't know. Ahan is a is a a fantastic designer that uh the people in cincinnati are going crazy over his designs on on jerseys and t-shirts and that nature i need him to make me a susio boys t-shirt and just let him go crazy put all our sponsors on there yeah i know bro can you hear us listen i told him he cannot hear if i don't think he can hear there it is okay no i couldn't for a second It, it was really weird I was, I was hoping you didn't say no crazy things. <laughs> Go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? Uh, A Hunter, Shogun, Aaron Hunter, co founder of CDB Multimedia. Um, uh, I guess uh, the Wrangler of Mayhem. Uh, the cousin to Sloan. <laughs> yeah, Sloan's cousin. Oh, man. You know, another fun day. I love it. Um, so, you know, gentlemen, thank you for first off being able to join me for this one. This is uh, one of the two panels because, you know, we had so many people to uh, reach out to that we're going to put together. Um, and so obviously with it being Black History Month, you know, I just wanted to highlight, um, you know, just the different fields that we're all in, but with the different experiences as well, because unfortunately in our society, I would say that the mental health or the stability for like men is kind of pushed to the back burner more so especially for um black men because you know as men of color in our experience more often than not you get two emotions that people care about you're either fine or you're happy everything else they don't tend to care about they don't even Uh, care if you're happy (laughs) fair enough um so Right now, I guess, uh, Sloan, for you, what would you say it's been like being a black podcaster and like content creator? Uh, it's cool. Like, you got to find your own lane and run in that lane. But some things you got to know is that people will steal your material or try to repurpose your material as theirs. And I had somebody do that to me today. Uh, Kobe asked me to, well, she asked somebody to put Roman's theme music behind a a video. Did it in like 15 minutes, probably less than that. Even got it tracked to perfectly, almost perfect to where a dude was doing the dance moves on beat. I seen somebody this morning try to jack me for my shit. Mm. Like use it like it's theirs. Or like, y'all know I got the the Cody Rhodes symbol in... um, and Kente Claw. Yeah. So, like, I've seen somebody with that on Snap, on, uh, on um, X the other day. I was like, come on, bro. And you follow me? 
So you just gonna steal my shit and not give me no credit? Like that's the that's the one thing that irks me about being a creator. Somebody can come and take your shit and act like it's theirs. Mm. Knowing damn well they didn't put in it didn't even take me ten minutes to do it, but still my guy, don't try to act like it's your shit. And like it's one of those things where it's like, what am I gonna do? File a trademark or a copyright for every single video or thing that I do? Like, no, no one's gonna do that. Right. And... I, I feel that once I get to the level I want to, I'm not dropping anything. But if it's not that I'm getting paid for it, paid to tweet it or paid to put it on TikTok, you won't hear a response from me. It's no point because somebody will try to take your shit and repurpose it into their own shit. That is why I stopped listening to a lot of people's podcasts. I don't want, and it's not that I don't like y'all. It's I don't want to regurgitate the things I heard from you. Right. I want my opinions to be my opinion and not fashioned by something I heard on another podcast or I don't want to take y'all shit. Exactly, and then um, I t- look. I agree with that in, in entirely. That that's a very valid sentiment, especially within the just the age where you see like a lot of trends and stuff. Like it's everybody's trying to catch the wave before like the wave even happens and and whatnot. But a lot of times, um, everybody try th- to be so different that they end up being the same. Exactly. Yes. Um, and then Joe, for you. Being in the 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 medical field, and also I remember you did used to work for uh, Frontier. If I'm not, if I'm Spirit Airlines, Spirit back in the day. Yeah. So having been in those two industries as a person of color, like what was that like for you? Um, I say I'm a big believer in the phrase "you're you're a product of the five people you surround yourself with." So even if you don't see it in your industry, you can network with someone that you can relate to, whether they look like you or they have the same mindset or like you can learn from people from different backgrounds. So, you know, it's always good to collaborate with like-minded people or, you know, so I guess that's my take. Like, don't, don't take everything surface level. Just kind of see who you vibe with, see who you can connect with, see who you can learn from. Cause Mm -hmm. that's, you know, Okay. That's what a lot of companies look for. Like, you know, some people aren't just a diversity hire. They're there to, like, you know, put people on game to something different and help everyone else okay. grow. Okay. Have you, would you say you've dealt with any, um, like, during your time in, like, the medical field, would you say you dealt with any, like, prejudice or, like, any kind of, like, opposition, uh, like, you know, due to your, like, appearance your skin color and all that stuff um i'd say the medical field is pretty diverse like this is no longer the 1930s um you know we have black doctors there's me being being in miami i've lived in southeast florida for seven years now it's very common where like i guess black excellence to atlanta is like latin excellence to miami so it's common to see Mm -hmm people of Latin culture in all fields and fields of life out there. So uh, I say I've always been in diverse areas. Like the most, I guess, if you want to put it white area I lived in was in Colorado Springs. (laughs) And that was during my military years. (laughs) Joe, can I ask you a question? I'm all ears, man. Uh, 
Do they in Miami? Because I frequent Miami a lot. Uh, do they sometimes mistake you for Latino? Uh, well, I am Dominican, so I am Latino, but I also identify as black. Because if you look at the slave trade, you know there were some stops the along stop. the way. It was the first stop. I like exactly you. the, I like the you. islands like were the first stop before the mainland. So. I guess if I, I've never done 23 in me, but I know I definitely got some Spaniard in me, some Native Caribbean, some Western Africa. No, because uh, when I'm in Miami, a lot of people just walk up to me and start speaking Spanish. Oh, yeah, because people of Latin America, they can be white, blonde hair, blue eyes or mm-hmm. dark, nappy hair. Like, you know, we we come in every spectrum. Yep. And that is just. It don't matter what side of the globe I'm on, like what side of the United States I'm on. Uh, if I'm in Miami, they think I'm Dominican or Puerto Rican or <laughs> anything but black. If I'm in New York, anything but black. If I'm on the West Coast, I'm Samoan. I'm Mexican. <laughs> if I'm in Texas, I look Yo, Mexican. Get, Yo, get him mistaken uh, for the tribal chief. It's crazy. Dog, it, well... Well, when I'm in on the in California, it's only because of my size. Because you're on six two two ninety. Of course, you're gonna think, yeah, light skin and and I don't smile. Yeah, I don't look like one of them. But when I'm at home in Chicago or here in New Orleans, just look like a regular black dude. That's the beauty of diversity. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, hey hun, for you, because um, I know you used to work for Apple, and then mm-hmm. uh, with just the designing that you've done now and, like, kind of being a innovator slash content creator yourself, like, do you feel like you've had any um, hurdles that you've had to overcome in both of those experiences? Uh, yeah, for sure. Actually, what's crazy is I still um, I can't really go into too much, spe- uh, too many specifics uh, with uh, my time at Apple because there's still some pending things happening. But um, there was a lot of stuff where, um, you know, it, it's it's weird because, you know, there's certain things that you have to have, um, like when you sign on as an employee of Apple. Like, for instance, part of the reason why I pretty much pretend um, Sloan in like the founding of like CDB Multimedia is because, you know, if it was a sole proprietor and I was the the head of this, then let's say this goes somewhere down the road. Apple can come in and and basically say that that's their uh, IP, um, even though like all the things that that, you know, everybody's created when they've come into um, the network and stuff like that. So. Um, that, that was a huge thing to, to be very apprehensive of. And, and at first, you know, it was like, do I just want to do this independently? How do I want to do this? And, and trying to do all the proper steps to where it was like, I had absolute autonomy and control, um, and then be able to, to give that same, uh, support in autonomy to all the creators that we have that come in. So, um, it was it was difficult in that. Um, I also experienced uh, a few different um, instances where, you know, um, discrimination and racism played a part in things that happened. And, and was a lot of the reason as to why I uh, end up leaving Apple. Um, the one thing I will say, though, is that um, I've never been the type of person to 
like just sit on my my hands, so to speak, when it comes to like what I see and then just like, oh, well, this is just the environment and the culture. Uh, oh, you can't fight um, against, you know, this this Fortune five. They're too big. And it's like, nah, everybody's got to pay, bro. Like, it, especially when, you know, they say that they're, um, you know, a leader in diversity and inclusion. But then you also employ people that uh, are the polar opposite of what you are preaching. So, like, I'm the type of person that I will put everybody on front street. I've got all the receipts. I'm going to keep all the receipts. Um, part of that, it was just due to the fact that, like, both my parents you know, we're uh, blue collar is all get out, uh, both in, served in the military. My mom served longer um, and she was a union president when they both uh, worked in corrections. So, you know, for me, I just naturally had to get a lot of her like uh, I'm going to buck the system. Y'all are not going to tell me how this is going to work. And then y'all reap the benefits, but you use the burden of everything coming off of our backs. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, uh, it's a lot, man. And I think a lot of times, especially when having conversations, like, you know, I, I want to show, especially with CDB uh, multimedia is like, we are, uh, we have a huge diaspora, um, especially when it comes to content creation, um, you know, and a lot of things that Sloan was saying earlier in regards to how, uh, our stuff gets repurposed and then gets reused by somebody else that maybe um, has a bigger following in the, it ends up going viral and they do the exact same thing. So, you know, for me, it's, it's, uh, Oh, nah, we call all of that out. And, you know, I think some of the things that are, especially with going on in Washington and I know they, they uh, had the um, CEO of TikTok. Uh, they subpoenaed him to testify. And then I think just recently they had uh, Mark Zuckerberg to testify. And to me, it looks like it's all BS, right? Um, it, part of the reason is, is because they want to censor people, right? They, they don't like the way that uh, Facebook or TikTok are so open-ended that you can have um, information that you can share um, versus... Mm -hmm you know, them trying to quell like, oh, we're going to ban any kid that is isn't uh, 16 or older, then we're going to ban them from being able to use these social media platforms. Well, if you look like Florida is doing everything they can to uh, ban any type of education and, you know, especially during Black History Month is like for me, I want to try and educate as many people. Of, of course, we talk about slavery and people think that, you know, it happened so long ago. But it's like, bro, my my mom was born a year after the Civil Rights Act was passed. You know what I'm saying? My grandmother is still alive. I could go talk to her. And then when I have conversations with her, you know, she um, is, uh, I think, the youngest out of, uh, or excuse me, the second youngest out of 13 kids. And they had to live through the Depression era. And, you know, there were white and black food lines where you had individuals that were white or white passing. They would get more food. And then you had other folks like us that were of color and you were getting less food and you probably were going back to the same size family. So, you know, it, it's having those conversations and like trying to connect the dots for people. Um, I think a lot of times it like stuff gets pushed up. Right. And mm -hmm. that's the thing that I, I find uh, maybe the most 
pleasure in or displeasure, however you look at it. There's a lot of stuff that gets promoted within our community that's very negative, and yeah. it like reiterates into stereotypes that are just bullshit. In that, those are stereotypes that can happen in any culture. But for yeah, so us, I did just, just learn. Okay. Yeah, oh, not to cut you off. I was gonna say, I did just learn um, the other day about. I don't want to say it wrong, but it's like epigenics or epi something like that. Uh, Nugenics? No, 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 no. It's or, epigenics. Okay. So it's not nugenics. So epigenics is the the example would be like that you can alter the skin of a grape based off of what the grape that it gets its DNA from prior, and mm. they they use that to explain how how generational trauma and curses exist so to speak because like for example you can like like through the study of epigenetics you can you can uh trace things back and find out why you as an individual today do things a certain way and how gotcha. that's rooted in the trauma or the experiences that your parents had which is rooted in the experience that their grandparents had so it's, and, it's, it sounds something similar to I, I can't remember the study that I had read, but it, it, you're it's it's very similar to what you're saying. So in, in essence, long story less long is is that it's just saying that a lot of the traumas that happen within our cultures, um, especially even, you know, like Joe was saying, um, coming from more of like a Spanish background, all of those things still run through individuals. So like it, it's pretty much the passing of curses so to speak i just got done watching jujutsu kaisen so <laughs> curse techniques and all that shit are like right up here but um it, it's it's the same it's the same in that conversation and a lot of people want to you know like they want to say we're progressive in thought but they they don't like to connect shit that happened in the past and be like oh no but it, it, you know we're so much further along are we like because, I guess that's sorry. Yeah, go ahead. go ahead, bro. I guess that's where the nature versus nurture debate comes in because I feel like both have valid points when it's like nature and nurture. Like, yes, there's progression, but there is still some stuff from the past that lingers. So, I feel you on that. Absolutely, and that's I, where I, I think, think with sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I think that's where like having conversations like this allow people to really understand and and it, it, it to help them maybe have a better grasp like. You know, um, I've had a bunch of conversation with friends and my girlfriend uh, as well is just like, you know, when you're talking about anxiety and trauma and things like that, and it's you can't really explain the why, but it's just this is what I do in regards to all the things that I've experienced. Um, so I, I completely understand like some aspect in, in being open to that, but I. I would love to see more people, I, I guess, have like more open minded, more um, thought provoking conversations yeah. where, um, you know, these these things get brought to the forefront. And, and like, you know, especially with like black history, it's almost like a wellness check. Mm -hmm. I dig that. Which, which like I was going to say what um, and uh, Joe, we'll start with you on this one. But what is something that you feel like you feel that as a as a as a person of of color like you didn't either know a lot about or experience more of growing up uh so one thing that i'm passionate about as you like touched on in the very beginning i'm very big on like my money moves 
credit knowledge, investing, that stuff. Honestly, when the pandemic hit and I had a lot of downtime, instead of watching cat videos on YouTube, I was I started following financial influencers, credit influencers, people who taught me about investing. So I used that downtime to level up my money moves. Like people who met me before COVID and after COVID, like the conversations I have regularly are completely different. It's not like, hey, did you see that movie last week on Netflix? Now it's, hey, have you maxed out your IRA for the year? Or like, which credit card are you using? Or, you know, things of that. So I feel like I've leveled up my just knowledge with financials overall, and it's made me a better person, well-rounded. And that stuff like, you know, growing up, my mom always taught me work hard, save, work hard, save, but she never taught me how to grow my money or how to like take advantage of tax advantage accounts, such as an IRA. So I guess that's one thing that I'm not sure if many or if most of us can relate to it or if some of us can relate to it, but that was one thing with me. It's like, I was only taught work, save, work, save, work, save, but there's levels to this game. Financial literacy. Yeah, not a lot. For sure. Not a lot of it. I mean, I can say like it was not a huge thing when I was growing up. Like you know, especially especially in schools, because like when when I most of my schooling, I was in school in Maryland in Maryland, so in Prince George's County. So they they were not worried about that. They were the teachers were were more just concerned with you making it to school in one piece sometimes, because you know mm-hmm. it was it was it, Riverdale was a shady spot sometimes. Um, and even when I was living in Temple Hills, Maryland, like they, <laughs> I was living, oh man. So I was living in Temple Hills, Maryland, which, uh, listen, no disrespect to the people that live in Temple Hills, but Temple Hills is not an area I would live in by choice again. And I was living in Temple Hills, but I was going to school in Falls Church, Virginia. So I was going to school in the white neighborhoods, but I was living in, in the black neighborhoods and like, no, no joke when I say this, but a dude in the apartment above us got murdered. Like that's, that's just how like crazy it was. And the next day somebody was like, start like getting their car warm for the morning and someone just came and just blew them away. Like that's, that's the kind of area Temple Hills was. That's crazy. Like you, like you'd be just chilling, watching, watching TV. And then you hear just gunshots in the distance. Like it's, it's no joke. And I'm not even, making it sound like it's the wire or Chirac, but it was, that's exactly what it was like. And so it, it was just very, I guess like the culture shift for me. So like, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie or read the book, the hate you give, but the main character, she was in a similar situation as me where she was going to, she lives in one neighborhood, but she goes to school in another. And so that kind of like having to, to code switch per se, to like to kind of like make sure you don't stick out from the the environment so to speak Agreed. that was that was crazy so i'd say like socially one thing that was never taught about was how to how to uh network like how to interact in a way to where you're advancing your your status or foothold with people mm. in I a way that. that's going to open doors for you like i had to figure that out later later on in life um sloan what's what's something that you feel wasn't common or prevalent enough in in the like black community when you were growing up uh when i was growing up it's a little different because i grew up in a uh college town so 
you you're pretty much given the college curriculum when you're in high school mm-hmm. so because it's basically a feeder system because most of the kids from my high school and uh crosstown high school and uh high school in the neighboring city eventually just went to the university of illinois so when you're going to school in a college town your education might be a little more advanced than big cities because in chicago growing up there were probably 50 schools in my neighborhood compared to it's not even 50 in the area in champagne you know what i'm saying so like you get a better quality of education and in high school i took financial management i took uh home ec and learn how to cook even though i knew how to cook i just learned i just took it as an easy a and i wish that all schools were treated like we were in the black community you know given at any time i had a student teacher from the university of illinois that i could ask anything about and they're going through they're preparing me for that, for going to school. Also, I went to uh, Upward Bound College Prep Academy. So since ninth grade, I've been prepped to go to college. You know, summer, summers at the University of Illinois for six weeks, we were on campus taking college credits as freshmen in high school. And I did that every year, every summer up until my senior year. Um, going on college visits every week in the summer we'd go to hbcu or a college in the area and there were nine ten colleges big state schools in the area and we went to all of them so i think i was just prepped different and i think that people should know about those programs like upward bound should be in every hood every city you know what I'm saying? And it should be taken seriously. But funding and things of that nature might not allow it to be a pressing uh, program for the inner city. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I grew up different. Like I had, I didn't have my mother and father. I lived with my grandmother. And my grandmother was a businesswoman. She owned hotels like uh, halfway houses and stuff like that. So I picked up a lot of stuff from her as a kid. So that's why I say I I didn't have the typical uh, childhood. I was learning how to do stuff at a young age. My grandfather had a paper stand on the corner of Madison and Central, uh, what is that, Madison and Laramie in Chicago. I worked that paper stand every Saturday and Sunday when, since I was four years old until I was probably nine, every Saturday and Sunday to earn candy money. So okay. I'm I'm not the the typical kid or the typical adult. I'm I'm gonna hustle. It's in my blood. Y'all see respect. how I get out. Y'all see how I, I, I get out. Yeah, yeah, he does. I respect he gets it, man. I respect it. I'm, hey, I'm, hey, a, I'm, a blood, I'm a bloodhound for it. Y'all know I'm <laughs> going to go out there and get it. 
Um, uh, for me, uh, the one thing in regards to like education, I learned early that I, I only like to learn what I wanted to learn about versus, um, this is a prep or this is what, you know what I'm saying? So like in most cases, I would say, depending on the class, I would probably be considered an average student. I just did enough so that I could pass. But if it was something that I was, uh, really fond of, it was like anything in like creative or the arts or music. Um, and I was like, okay, well, this is what I want to be around or associate. And then, you know, I was a multi-sport athlete, um, all the way to high school. And then, you know, even went to kick, I think my senior year. Um, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm just going to focus on soccer. Right. Because collegiately that's, I kind of came the same way. Um, you know, like Joe was saying earlier, like, my mom was like, work hard, very blue collar, uh, you know, get a job or go to school so you can get a good job. And then it's like, none of this shit makes sense to me at all. Why the <laughs> fuck am I taking a loan out, right, that I'm still paying on this shit? And it's like, I, if I could have, I would have much rather just put it into like myself and invested in myself as a business. Right. So, you know, Preach. like you were saying earlier, financial literacy is one thing of like, you know, it's it's a. Uh, after I got out of school was when I like started to get all of my education of like the shit I wanted to do. And it was like, I kind of felt I was pissed at first. Right. Cause it, it's like, why the fuck didn't I get to do this shit when I was like, this is what I should have been fucking doing. So, you know, like lucky enough, I, I played division three soccer. Um, I got to go uh, overseas and visit different countries. Um, and that was super eye opening because that put me in a place of like, Oh shit, I get to see the world. So it's not like, you know, what you just hear or see from like news that's like catered to make you think, oh shit, it's scary out there. Don't go anywhere. You got to stay here because this is the safest place. And then it's like, nah, we're really like world bullies now. You know what I'm saying? Like we just took all the colonialism and, and all that shit and colonizing and we just got way better at it. But we like painted in a different way. Like we're spreading democracy. Like no motherfucker. <laughs> Why do we have all these goddamn military bases all across the globe? It's so that we can keep these bitches in check because we are world bullies type shit. So, you know, like when you you get to go uh, around the world and and have conversation with people, it's like this is that was what I wanted to do. And then it was just trying to figure out a way, like, how the fuck can I do this more? I'm really good at talking to people like y'all know this shit. Um, and it's like it's much easier for me to do that. Hell, that was a fucking reason I was like working for one of the biggest Fortune Fives for five plus years. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like I can talk to anyone. There's any way that I can um, converse or have a conversation and connect with them because I'm asking more questions. I'm listening twice as much as I'm wanting to speak. But when it is my turn to speak, you know, it's then using what I heard or I listened to as they were talking to me to then go, okay, let's get it closer to the end goal of what it is that you want. And, you know, one thing now, as I've gotten older, it's how can I help other people first, right? Like, how can I help other people first? And then it'll pay dividends down the road. I don't look at it as like, well, I got to help my man out first and then I'm going to get paid. It's like, no, I just really need to help as many people as possible and then something is going to come about it. I don't know what it is, but I just know I have to be prepared and ready for it when that opportunity comes. So, um, you know, being lucky enough to do this thing 
you know, we call CDB multimedia with you all. Um, it gives me that, that fulfillment, I guess. Um, it gives me that fulfillment because now it's like, I love to hear when Sloan's like, Hey, got another one y'all. Or when you're like, Hey, I, I got a conversation with this dude coming over here and this is going to be great. And as I'm like sitting here, uh, having a conversation with you all on this panel, I'm sitting here texting Dre. I'm like, Hey, Dre holler at Joe, because I would love to bring somebody in that could talk about financial stuff. Like, I, I really do think that, you know, it takes just a thought and then it's like, okay, how can we put it in action? Yeah. Like Joe, like, I mean, I know you're usually working your 36, 36 hours a week shifts and stuff. Um, but if you, if you like ever was like, yo, I can do like one minute little educational clips or shorts or anything like that, that would be so beneficial. Man, I love it. That I really would love you to do that too, and that's what we're sitting here. <laughs> like so one thing with, sorry, uh, one thing with me personally, I don't create content, but I follow it and I share a lot of it. Hmm. So Dre knows, like when uh when him when him and Hadley first got married, I started a group chat with just them, and I and I named it Learning Money Moves, and I drop them like a Instagram reel every other day. So it's like I don't. We have a group chat with me, because, him, and. Uh, my best friend Maddie, and like oh, yeah, he's always sending us stuff. Yeah, so like I'm always dropping game. I just don't. For me personally, being a content creator is a whole nother job, and unfortunately, Absolutely. it doesn't pay until you get big and get sponsors and things like that. And just the, I guess the state I am in my life is, is it worth my time and effort to attempt to create content, or should I just keep following, learning it, and sharing it? So that's the stage I'm at now. Maybe when I hit like the work optional, financially free stage, I might take it on as a passion project in the future. But for now, if you ever want any game, like feel free to follow me and I'll drop you some game here and there. Or like if you ever want to reach out to me personally, I can give you my personal opinion on things. But at this moment in my life, at age 33, I'm not going to create any content. <laughs> but hey, I'll, I'll make sure I get I get Joe's number to y'all. Yeah, I'll make sure I get Joe's number to y'all. Let me questions. ask you this, Dre. Like, uh, yeah. Like one thing, at least from the aspect as a content creator, and I'll, I'll ask all of you and Joe, like you said, you're not necessarily in the field yet. But what is something that, you know, now that you are in this space of like, you know, connecting, networking, talking on camera and things of that nature? What um, what are what is something that maybe, you know, you've wanted to share with other people aside from like obviously doing fitness stuff? Mm -hmm. um i guess like more it's more or less like what i wanted to share more like trying to because i always believe that comparison is the thief of joy and so it's really trying to not find this like crabs in the bucket mentality that the black mm -hmm. community tends to have because like, there's there's other content creators but like the the crazy the the weird thing that I have to kind of check myself on sometimes is like, fight is like when I know of other like creators that are like in a big in a in a more elevated spot than me, and not trying to compare or be like, oh well they only got put on because of who they know or X or they're not doing anything lyrical miracle like I could do this like for like the fact that like LeBron James and Russell Wilson have like their own private personal trainers that they spend a, a fuck ton of money on and me going well that's just who they know 
there's like like why the heck can't I do this? Why don't I know anybody that can get me in this door? Like X Y Z or like it, like again like no hate to either one of them, but I'm really happy for the success that that like that like Cam has or that like uh, Fam and BRP have or that uh, like Eric Thomas like I, like I love where they're at with their with their careers and what they do, but you know sometimes it's like damn it's gonna take a minute to get where they're at. It's going to be, it's going to be, or like, if I see like one of the like coaching jobs at, at like either the NLL or the PLL and I'm like, man, I could do this. Like, like it's really hard not kind of being your own enemy and allowing where you see other people at to be your own stumbling block, so to speak, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sloan, what, what about you? Can you repeat the question? Uh, yeah. So (laughs) being in the, in the content space now, um, what, what's one of the biggest things that maybe you've wanted to share, uh, after becoming a content creator? Mm, Persistence. Mm. Like you have to be persistent. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, you have to be persistent. Like um, Joe said, it's it's a it's a full time job. You got to pay attention to what the trend is, find what the hashtags are, what's the music that goes up under it, and then you got to be <clears throat> creative about how you shoot, what angles you shoot, lighting, and like it's too much. And then editing. And for some people who don't edit or don't know how to edit, I force myself to learn how to edit. Like, I, y'all, y'all are very much aware of what I do for the CDB, uh, Susio Boys with the videos and the shorts and the excerpts. And I'm taking clips here, splicing here, in certain layovers and gifts here sounds here just and you got to do all that just to be in the game it's not even to be ahead of the game you know what i'm saying and then what i found out through study is some of these people are getting numbers because they're paying for it right you know what i'm saying and i'm not saying that they're paying for the numbers but they're paying for the boost in their uh, material or their reel to be boosted. And it'll be pushed further up in the FYP or in the algorithm. And Mm -hmm. I've seen it work a few times for me. You know what I'm saying? But it's people that can't afford to do that. And don't think you just organically grow. You have to be in the mix. You got to respond to, you got, on on top of creating your own content, you have to go through other people's content and respond off of their content and get their, that's how you get their engagement and their following to pay attention to you. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to have, uh, and do a, a stitch or a duet of 
somebody who has a million views or a million likes or something like that. Okay, out of that million, you can get 600. Uh, out of that 600, that's, say your average is 280. That's more than your average. That's almost three times your average. So then what you retain from those 600 is probably 1%. And those that one percent, the one percent, it. You, well, yeah, the one percent of that. that's going to be an additional two hundred to what you're already having, right? No, Doug, it's going to be six. Oh, 60. I'm tripping. Sorry, my bad. Girl, the math was okay. The math was not uh, happening, man. <laughs> Seven ten labs. <laughs> I'm coming from the 600, not the uh, other numbers, not the, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I know uh, what you but, <laughs> but out of that 600, you're probably going to retain 60% of that, and I call that the 1% rule. You're going to get, you're either going to retain 1% of the people you attract, and then out of your total followers, only 1% of them are going to fuck with you. Like, respond engage with you, comment, share your shit. Right. Like, not just like it and keep going because if you just like somebody's shit, it stops right there. The next button down is repost. Mm -hmm. That's how they get seen. But if people don't know how the social media game go, they think, oh, I liked it. People gonna see it. No. There's people, more to people it. that fuck with you gonna see it. Yeah. But if you retweet it, that goes into the algorithm and everybody sees it now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's how mm -hmm. the one picture I did with the um the Wiz Khalifa bag mm -hmm. in Costa Rica. One picture, excuse me, on TikTok, it got a lot of likes. But it didn't get a lot of retweets until Dr. Dabber retweeted it, till Khalifa Kush retweeted it, till um, Wiz Khalifa retweeted it. Then it jumped from 2,000 views to 35,000 views in a heartbeat. Crazy. And now it's, it's people are still retweeting it. I think it's at like 75,000 views now. Well, I mean, you know, it's as, it's as Slim said. There's levels to this shit. Like that's just the that's that's just the 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 short and the skinny of it is it's gonna take some time. You can't just um there's no overnight. It's not FedEx. You can't just it's overnight. Not, it's it, it, it really ain't. But you know you know what I will say that I love about like our our little conglomerate that we got is we we're all like we're all like so to speak, riding the struggle bus together, but like it's not yeah. even a struggle. Oh, I'm not riding, struggling. I'm, we're like you just may be struggling. Y'all know uh, Listen, I'm not. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean when I say it was a metaphor. It was a metaphor. Let me lean in. Let me lean in. We're not struggling. Yeah. Yo, he said even the metaphor. You don't get to call me don't, struggling. Don't even. Don't even. No, because my wife would not allow that. Don't. Don't say. Don't. We work too hard to say we struggling. No, we we do quite fine over here. You know what I mean, not financially. You know what I mean. <laughs> I'm not even in no struggle. Dog, when I, I struggle ain't in my vocabulary. I don't struggle. 
I respect that. <laughs> it's no struggle. It's either do it or don't. Right. I don't. I, I'm not gonna struggle with it. It's get it done or don't do it at all. I respect that. And y'all know I I love what Joe said. He said uh, something about uh, five five people, and I was like, five people, five people, people you surround yourself with. You're yeah. you're, you're a product of. And y'all know what I always say. I just need five people. That's it. I need five people to run with me. Because I know if I got five, you got five. It ain't just us five. Right. It may look like it's just us five, but we if all five of us got five, we we win it out here. Cause them five, them separate fives got five. It's like yeah. an old solo bar that I uh heard in a rap battle, he was just like, uh, it's crazy. Look it up. He say, if I think I know which one you're talking about. He say, if me and you are fighting and two niggas see it and two niggas tell three and three tell four and four tell more and them (laughs) four tell two and them two bring six. Yeah, I know exactly. I know the battle. I know the battle. I can't remember the person. He was like, and them niggas gonna go get them niggas. Them niggas. And, then, and I'm like, oh Jesus. Like I'm sitting there doing like, the math. And I'm that's like he 48 right. niggas. <laughs> and I was like, that's that's what I need. I need you to match my drive and match my hunger. If you can't match it and I need you to match my drive, match my hunger, and be willing to fight. I can't fight with nobody that don't want to get in the ring. Right. If you just want to wait on the outside and wait for what we doing to blow up and then come say, oh, y'all kicked me out of some shit that I was never fucking a part of. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's a crazy thing. You can have that. You can have that. But you wasn't here beating your feet. You didn't come get these animals that I got with me. You didn't right. do all of that, but you want to recoup it. Cool. You know that's you can't that's, you can't do that. That's one thing that I that's that's one thing that I've always um, disliked. Like you know, just you know, other people trying to take credit for the success that you had to get up out the mud. Um, one one question. I was going to ask gentlemen uh, and you know, you guys are free to answer this or skip this one. If you want, Um, do you feel like your fathers um, were enough, were, were played enough of a presence in your life? And (laughs) yeah, biological dad. No stepdad. uh, Yes. Well, do you feel like, well, Okay, that's what I was about to say. I was gonna say, and if your father didn't play enough of a presence, were there did you have enough male influence around you to prepare you as possible for the world, so to speak? Yes. Yeah. So uh, you shook father... your head. Uh, just in my personal experience, my dad was never there. My stepdad was there between ages five and. You know, we kind of had a falling out in my early adult years, but I don't know. I just feel like I personally didn't, but that kind of made me stronger, work harder kind of thing. Like my mom, teen mom, two-time high school dropout, still got it. So I have no excuse. 
So like, she's kind of my motivation to keep working hard, level up kind of thing. Love that. Hey, Sloan? Uh, no, fuck that nigga. Uh, <laughs> I will go piss on his grave at any point in time. Uh, my stepfather, love that man to death. Uh, I've had coaches, uh, my uncles, mentors. I pieced what I, the man I wanted to be from all of them. I just took their best parts. And I was like, yeah, let me tinker this. And, oh, yeah, this would be dope. Or like my uncle got me into jazz or my uncle who got me into comedy or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I got athletes all over the place. Uh, my older brother was a big influence. So I had male role models throughout life. It's just not a father figure. So, Okay. Hey, hon, what about you? Um, yeah, I would say, because uh, my mom remarried a few times, but, you know, my uh, biological dad was in and out of jail um, and kind of similar to Joe's uh, experience through childhood. Like my mom, you know, had me when she was uh, graduating high school and had me young, but she, you know, always was working, always was, you know, trying to do uh, best and provide for me and growing up in a house full of women because you know at the time my aunt who was uh two years younger than my mom uh she went to school uh, at miami university of ohio so um uh, did something in finance or telecommunications uh and ended up working for at&t uh telecommunications before they became at&t like just strictly what they are now but um, it was like being able to see uh, rich dad, poor dad kind of in front of you um, where it was like my mom is the blue collar version and then my aunt is the white collar version. Um, and like Sloan had said, too, like, you know, I had a bunch of different coaches um, in, in sports and uh, predominantly in soccer. And, you know, I knew that soccer would be able to take me places that most other places, you know, most other things couldn't. So, and that was the reason why my mom was so, so adamant about me playing that sport is like, it's a global game. And, you know, like I had a really um, a pivotal and impactful experience when I was a freshman in high school and I had a white coach and I was like asking him one day after practice, you know, what I needed to do so I can make varsity. And uh, you know, he ended up saying something that was at, at it could have broke me where he's like, man, he's like, you're not going to play varsity. He's like, black people aren't even good at soccer. And this is hearing this from a white dude from the Midwest. And he's a young white dude. He actually was my JV coach. He was a head coach of JV assistant to varsity. And I'm like, dog, I'm your best player. What are you talking about? Everybody on our team. Like what? Like Nick, I'm scoring goals in JV games that like I'm hitting half field. Like goals. What are you doing? What are you talking about? So, you know, I ended up uh, going home, crying to my mom and telling her what happened. And and he had left before she got there to pick me up. And I remember her going into because I had a, a Cyclopedia Britannica and she opened it up to Pele. And she was like, look at him. Look at his skin. He is considered and regarded as the greatest player to ever play the sport that you play right now. So don't tell me that somebody who doesn't know you at all, doesn't know your drive, doesn't know how you can play, and is trying to tell you that you ain't going to be good at it. So, yo, you oh, know, fast, yo, right. Not, not, sorry, no, that just unlocked a core memory for me. 
because as y'all know, I'm a big lacrosse guy. Um, the the craziest thing was when I was in a this was some years ago, but I was talking with this black dad, and because like I, every time after a game, if I if the opposing team or like like has like a like any black players or coaches, I'm I always after we're done shaking hands, I always say what's up to him, and you know. I'm just like, hey, keep up what you're doing. We, this game needs more coaches that look like us, need more players that look like us. I just talked to him, encouraged him, whatever. Uh, little homie's dad came over, and we were talking. Uh, and I was just like, yeah, it's such a fun sport. Like, I got into it, like, late when I was high school. And the dude's dad was the reason I found out about Jim Brown being one of the best to ever do it. Because I was like, I was like, Jim Brown, like, 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 football Jim Brown? And he was like, yeah, he's like, you don't know that Jim Brown played lacrosse, and I was like, no. And he like broke it down for me. I went and did my research, and dude, it Jim Jim like when I think about it, if when I think about it, I would say a lot of players that got into a lot of the reason that there are black players today. I'd say it's not a stretch to call Jim Brown the Jackie Robinson for lacrosse for for black folks in this game. I wouldn't say it's a stretch at all because without him, I don't think anybody would have given it a second thought. Cause you know, a lot of lacrosse players have football, basketball and hockey backgrounds. And so, yeah, man, I just, that was really, that was a real um, impactful moment for me. Also shout out to Jermaine and keys at Susio sports for tweeting that out and letting that be the first tweet. Yeah, that was, that was cool. Black I like that. That was that was super dope. Sorry, yeah, that, was... that just the, you telling me that your mom did that for you unlocked the core. No, straight up, straight up, man. And uh, what's crazy is like, you know, uh, it. I was able to to go to college, played at a small school, but it was close to home. Um, and then, you know, my my uh, mom remarried. I think my uh, junior senior year, uh, junior year, and. Um, you know, my my stepdad came in at a time, too, where it was like, you know, couldn't really tell me nothing to a certain point, but he leaned in as much as possible. And like I talked to my dad all the time about stuff like he and I, especially like Joe was saying earlier during the pandemic, like we were talking about cryptocurrencies and things like that. And uh, but but before I got into even into that stage uh, with him, like he was really adamant about like wellness and uh, supplements, nutrition. And, um, you know, I attribute a lot of stuff to him, like in how I was able to just live healthily enough, uh, you know, until uh, like I tore my ruptured my Achilles, um, playing soccer, but I was like a couple months away from turning 40. So <clears throat> this happened last year. And mainly that was just due to like me taking care of my body as much as, um, I did because my dad was on top of it. It's like, yeah, workout is great. But like, you know, you have like a wellness circle and all of those things play pieces into like what you do. So it was like, I was trying to do our next, our next segment. Actually, I was trying to do all of this stuff that like is, is like almost second nature now with like athletes. Like I was, you know, taking like a bunch of multivitamins, a bunch of supplements, like bunch of things, on that realm, I'm trying to eat it, eat as much as I can just to maintain like that, that workload. And, and I'm playing a ton, but I'm also trying to like study, uh, look at like older players. Like, you know, this is like right around the time where YouTube started to get 
into its like stages. So I'm like going looking at like old games that I can find. Um, and then just trying to think like, Oh, I want to mirror myself after this player, this player, this person, this person. Um, but like all this shit that is like here now, bro, it was like, I was out in the wilderness by myself trying to do it, but having like a little bit of help from, you know, my family, my mom never really played soccer, but she would like, yo, you, yeah, you scored a hat trick, but you gave up on this play, this play. I need you to run two laps around the field. And then I'm like sitting there jogging. She's like, I told you to go run them. So I had to go like do another two. And I'm like, man, this is bullshit. but really what it was is like, you know, I, I wish I could go back to that moment and be like, dog, this is what you have been wanting to have happen. You got to do the work. So like Sloan said, when it comes to like what we do with this, it's, it's like the hard rigorous hours, bro. Like there's going to be times where you really don't want to like, you're like, man, I got to do this. And it's like, ah, oh, there's some other stuff. And it's like, no, bro, like sacrifice a little bit of time now so you can have all the time to yourself in a way that you've never been able to do that. So it's like I, I love talking to people, especially when it's like something that I'm not like as as confident in or it's like I don't necessarily have all the the full grasp. So it's like I want to ask as many people that have better understanding of it to like help me understand. Help me understand. Help me learn and like talk to me like I'm stupid because really I am ignorant in that way when it comes to like finances and, and thinking on the aspect of like, you know, I, I want this to be like the new BET type deal to where like a Viacom comes to me and I can sell it for three billion dollars type shit. Or, you know, I say, hey, yeah, you can. But on the off chance that like you try to dismantle or do some other shit all of these people own all their own content so they can go anywhere. But if you want us as a bundle, it's going to cost you a bag. Like every year that we grow, I think this is a billion dollar company. Like that's the way that I look at CDB multimedia and that's the way I look at myself anyway. So I am the, the, I guess the head of state, so to speak, but I'm also brand representative anywhere I go. So when I walk into a room, I'm always talking about y'all. I'm always like, oh, man, like I, I almost don't want to talk about myself, but I just want to talk about the people I'm helping. You know what I'm saying? Like so that. like that, that's that's the gist of this and being able to have these combos, bro. It like brings me joy because it's like, yeah, I get to maybe we can reach more people. We can do more stuff like I want to go you know, raise more money for, you know, a little kid that needs it and be able to do it in 24 hours, probably not be able to do that or replicate that again. But like, that's one the of the coolest that, things that the fact that, that we were able to do that and then just see it and we're all geeking out because we're sending each other like my nigga, it, it's, it's up another thousand dollars. Wait, what? Yeah. So to circle so, back to one of the things that Ahan was talking about, yeah. like definitely when you're in the grind and growing, you got to enjoy the journey because it's like once you get to the destination is great, but you look back at what got you there. Right. Yeah. Like, um, so t touching on another thing that Ahan uh, brought up when he was talking about wellness. Uh, gentlemen, this question is for all of you. What have you had to overcome or like uh, you can say you can say currently or like talk about what the hardest one was. But what have you had to over? Oh, my God. Sorry. The cross is on and I'm, I'm this kid is amazing but uh 
what have you had to overcome mentally and what does your support system look like? And yeah, whether, whether you like had one, have a good one or you are kind of just doing the team of me type. Mm. Uh, I'll go ahead. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I guess something for me is like, um, I guess my support system is like, I like to surround myself with people that are doing better than me. So like, I'll have some friends that I know they make more money than me. I know they're better at fitness than me. I know they're better at finances than me, but I like to have people above me so I can learn from them. And that helps me level up. So mm-hmm. like, that's one thing I'm very big on is like, and you know, like there's some friends that like, uh, I, I moved to Florida right after I left the military. So I left, I got to Florida, no job lined up, didn't have a place to live yet. I was crashing with a friend for a little bit. But, you know, as I made friends and stuff, my one friend, he's an engineer. He's already making six figures. He's 25 years old. He's killing it. And I'm like hitting the reset phase of life after the military. But now we've kind of hit a switch where like we both make about the same amount of money. We're both leveling up in our lives and our career field. And like I bought a house before he bought a house, but that inspired him to like buy some property. And then, you know, I'm teaching him the credit game now. Like he wasn't well versed in the credit game. And now I'm putting him on game. So it's just like one of those things that surround yourself with people who are better than you and they'll help you level up. And then once you level up, you you may be able to put them on to something that you're better at than them now. So like, I guess that's one thing that like kind of helps me mentally in my support group, I guess, is just like surround yourself with better people and they'll level you up and then you can level yourself up. And then you can also bring people up along the way with you. And then, you know, you, you, you teach everyone along the way and, Kind of just everyone help everyone kind of thing. Reach one, teach one. I get it. Um, hey, hon, what about you? Um, I would say uh, the biggest thing is it, most impactful probably in the last couple years has been like having to go through a divorce while also simultaneously becoming a content creator and, uh, and, and doing my best not to utilize that as a crutch. Right. Um, you know, and, and even still dealing with uh, the the difficulty of like, you know, co-parenting and in and, um, in a situation where it was like really like a lot of people, especially if you've gone through a divorce or whatever, um, like, you know, my wife is or ex-wife is white. And now it's like dealing and in, in helping my kids understand because they're still very they're still young. My son's six and my daughter's three. So it's like, you know, white, white family, black family, but trying to help them just to understand that, like, it's still family, right? Just families look different. Um, But in the same sense is like, you know, I would, I would do them a disservice and try and tell them if I would try and tell them like, Hey, you can do whatever you want in this life. Uh, But, you know, it's like, well, what did you get to do? Well, I got to a certain point and then I just stopped doing it. And it was like, no, that's not what I'm going to do. It's like, yeah, I have to sacrifice some moments where, you know, I don't necessarily get to see him as much as I can or as much as I would want to. But, you know, working on building this brand is eventually going to be something that I'm going to pass on to them. Right. And if they choose to run with it or whatever may have you like that's that's really what this is all about. So. Um, you know, my biggest thing is just to try and grow this so that everybody involved is, is able to leave something to their kids and 
you know, and to be able to do that, we've got to do the work now. Um, and that's why just continuously and, and there's times where, you know, I, I get down on myself a little bit and uh, kind of get stuck in my own head. But, you know, the one thing that gets me out of all that is being in the group chat with everybody on, uh, you know, the text text group. So like that's my that's my support group. You know, like when we converse or when y'all share something like even if I'm going through something, uh, you know, in that moment, like I need it, you know, and like I, I'm glad that I get to see that. I'm glad that like, you know, you sharing that because it's like I'm I'm happy. And while I'm still kind of dealing with whatever I'm dealing with at the moment, it's like, OK, now it's, now it's your turn. Right. So that's where it's it's um it, it's. You like I will say a lot of folks watch what I do, but it's some people may be like doubting it, and then some are just like, "Nah, I knew you could do that. That's why I'm here to like watch you do it." So anytime I drop a jersey, which you know that fell in my lap accidentally, and and it got into a stage where it's like, okay, my goal is to get a jersey dropped with a major league team or a professional team of some kind. I don't care what it is. And aspiration wise is I, you know, I would love to eventually my goal is to do an arsenal Jersey. Right. So like, that's the club that I follow. Um, and really what made me akin to like trying to do all these different jerseys to look like soccer jerseys, because that's where the inspiration came from. Like, I when I tell you like I took in all that shit as a kid and like wanted to make it my own like I was doing this shit while I was in school but then it was just like you know it's just for me and then somebody be like damn bro that's fire where the fuck you get that well I bought this at a thrift store and then I just recycled it or y'all call it upcycling now and then it's like you know so like all of that long story less long is just like it's it's the people y'all uplift me because you know, when Sloan's like, yeah, we got another sponsor. Okay. All right. I got to go grab one right now. Let's work on, I'm trying to get an event or something like that. Like I've been trying to uh, collaborate or, or uh, network to do either a Madden tournament or something like that. And it's now it's, I've got all the things at my disposal and uh shout out to uh, Josh Salandino um, for really being the kind of the battery in my back. Um because, you know, he owns a sneaker boutique in Newport, Kentucky, uh, which is just across the river from Cincinnati. But he was like, bro, I I know that you're going through it, but I need somebody like I need you. I need you to come in and really be the glue to all of this. And it's like, all right, I got you, but I got I, I still need you to understand I got this stuff over here. So, you know, all of all of that is just it's like the wheel is slowly turning. And I think sometimes for me, the, the hardest thing is to like, you know, not try to rush the process because that's where shit can fuck up or, or you know, break down in a certain way. But ultimately, that's, you know, it's, it's y'all. It's, it's CDB Multimedia. That is my um, my support group. And that's how I get through things that I have to deal with. But like, bro, I, you know, if, if you would have told me, uh, a year before I was going to get divorced, um, was it's I think it's been about been separated for about four years. So, um, you know, if you'd have told me like, hey, you're gonna go through like one of the biggest life changes 
that you're ever going to have to deal with and it's going to affect you for the rest of your life but it's going to make you that much better as a person like would you do it and you know it, the older me would have been like nah, i just want to stay in my lane be in this comfort zone and it's like okay yeah i wouldn't but now it's like i, I kind of had to get sat down on my ass real quick and now it's like okay i gotta i gotta get to work like that uh sloan for you what 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 uh the question was what mental obstacles have you had to overcome like within yourself or in your life and like what's your support system like made of made up of like who who's your avengers so to speak like who's your your justice most of the time most of the time i gotta get out of my own way you know what i'm saying uh yeah, just getting out of my own way and trusting other people to do what they say they're going to do. Because I'm more of a fuck y'all, I'll do it myself type of guy. And Thanos. Exactly. When he and had the gauntlet. It's, like, it's like, I can't win. I can't win like that. I've done that in several other situations and came up with an L. So now it's like, all right, I got to drive to the basket. Niggas block me. Dre over in the corner. I got to trust that when I let this motherfucker go, he going to knock the shit down. Or I got to trust that the same way, oh, they didn't cut Dre off, but Ahan trailing, I'm still thinking I'm – Michael fucking Jordan, I'm gonna go up, throw it off the backboard, and here come Ahan to finish it off. Like, I gotta trust that when I put this ball up, my niggas gonna go get it. So I had to get out of the way of that. And then it's, I still run with the same two dudes I've known 25, 30 years. My two best friends. And if I got something I need to say or, something that needs to be ran by it's probably them and then uh my money man and then uh y'all so like i don't really fuck with too many people and the people that i do fuck with i just gotta trust them more and that's i dig it. that and uh if, and it, uh, i guess if i could throw a little cherry on that sunday I'm currently reading the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And basically mm-hmm. what basically what you touched on was like there's three levels of dependence. There's dependent, there's independent, but the level above independent is interdependence, where you could collaborate and you realize two minds are better than one kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that was really cool how you worded it and how it just tied into the book that I'm currently reading. It's crazy because I I feel like sometimes uh, it, things that are meant to happen like you kind of um, it's like serendipitous, right? So like you know Joe uh, Sloan said something that Joe connected to because he's already in that headspace of reading this book, and then you know like like Sloan said it's it's one of those things where it's like you got to get out of your own way, but you also trust that the people that you have around you have the ability to do it when maybe you don't need to, 
because it, it allows for them to uh, spread their wings a little bit further. You know what I'm saying? So that that's one of the bigger things that I've also had to learn as well as like, you know, I started doing this thing. And I remember when Sloan and I first connected and, you know, and then I, I think we finally said it when we actually met in person up in Detroit at, at uh, the 710 event. And it was like, dog, how the fuck did we get here? We were just kind of like, I was just looking at it like, I, I don't even like, I don't even know how to explain it, but it was just from the work that Sloan did because I knew that all I, in my head, it was just like, if I can just duplicate myself once, I know I got it. And then here comes Sloan. And then come to find out, we basically, like, we're family. And then I'm like, oh, that's cuz, bro. That's the one to go do it. That's exactly who. And I just, I take a step back and I'm like, Sloan got it. And then it's just, if I need to finalize something or, or come in, and most of the time I don't because he's already, he already has done the work. And it's just like, okay, what you need me to I do? I forgot. I forgot to add my wife as my in my uh my circle. Queen Susio. <laughs> she's a she's a fucking pit bull. Like yeah, I gotta from, match from her. What he's described Sloan, from what Sloan's described, she's no nonsense. None. None. <laughs> Get shit done. Do it do it or don't do it. That's our motto. And our other motto is always chase the bag. Love that. Yeah. There's going to be a bigger bag. So chase yeah. it. That's like... I mean, for me... You got to have the support. You got to have that type of support. Like uh, like I said, my wife be gone the first three weekend. I mean, first three months every weekend of the year. She's going somewhere, doing something, getting a bag. And I... <laughs> go, babe. <laughs> go get your thing. Go, go get it. I'll be right here. Get your bag away. as well. <laughs> I'm, not going, I'm not going nowhere. I'm not even going outside. What I got to go outside for? I work from home. As long as I got internet, I'm good. People can bring me groceries. <laughs> if I so don't choose to leave the house, <laughs> I don't have to. Right. Hey, listen, so, I feel that. I mean, I like, yeah, I mean, my support system cons consists of y'all. Um, uh, and, uh, obviously like Bryn, that's my best friend. We're the slowly goalies. So, you know, gym people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, dude, that's, one, that's, that's one of the reasons I love going to the gym is cause like you, the, the interesting thing is I've worked at six different gyms for three companies in my entirety working in the fitness industry, but I found a different community each gym I've worked at. Because, you know, the thing that bonds you and what I believe when I tell people, when I say that I believe that there's six degrees of separation that connects everyone, which is just my own personal theory that, you know, you can like if you spend enough time talking with people, you can find something that connects you and you can say the same thing is true for every other person on the planet. But it, like, you know, in the gym, there's there, there's levels to it. Like, obviously, it's like growing your growing your credit you gotta start somewhere so you can't just roll up off the bat like hey what up bitch we friends now like you can't just do that you got right you got like you obviously gotta find something that you guys have in common and then you connect and then obviously like my biggest support has been uh hadley so last 
last six months of 2023 was a whirlwind. Like it, it felt like the hits just did not stop coming. Bro, you, can, like, you was going crazy. Well, not even, not even like with the good shit. It was just like the bad shit. Like it, like, like, um, September, beginning of September, my grandfather died, and that affected me a lot. Still does affect me. Like I, I still need to continue to go to therapy about that. Which, by the way, guys, therapy is important. Uh, yeah, that, absolutely, it's true. Wish it was more affordable for everybody. Um, and then uh, a week after my grandfather died, when I was on my when I was in or- when I was in Orlando uh, for the strongman competition where Mike was at. Um, shout out to Mike, friend of the show. Shout out to Mike. He's cool people. Mike Dow. <laughs> Mike Deal. Mike Deal. That's a big deal. Uh, but uh, <laughs> when we're out, sorry. <laughs> but then when we're uh, when we're out there, her her grand her grandmother passes. And then when I get back in like the the like two days later, we have to put Finn, our dog, down. So mm-hmm. we had three big things to deal with back to back. And then, you know, we have my grandfather's funeral in two weeks. And then a week after the pastor at the church that gave the eulogy, who was very close with my family, he had a heart attack at his dinner table and passed. And so we've got that. And then uh, like a couple of weeks later or so is her grandmother's funeral. And then a couple of weeks after that, her grandfather passes. And so we just, it just felt like one thing after another. And like, we both have said that like, if we didn't have each other, like we don't know how we would have got through that. Like, like legitimately with, without her, I don't know how I would have got through that. But you can't, you like, can't focus on that. The loss. Focus yeah. on Think about everything you gained in those six months. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't focus on it because it's going to bring you into a, a space where you don't want to be. Like, just try to write. If you're going to do it like that, because you know all of that offhand, boom, 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 boom. Do you mm-hmm. know all the things that you did accomplish in six months? Oh, yeah. The bounce back was... The bounce, like I listen, I may say this all. I say this all the time. I may get knocked down, but I guarantee you, I do not stay down for long. Like I, it it, it will be very hard to for me to stay down because I'm always like, all right, what's my next move? What do we do next? Okay, what do we do next? And I think I, out of all of that six months, like I would say the hardest part for me was having to be having to be strong for everybody in every moment like i would i i'd never with the exception of like with with hadley like i would i never had a spot where i could be like vulnerable like i had to just keep going i had to just be rock solid nothing was bothering me people would ask how i'm doing and even if it's like hey this is chaos inside i'm still like oh i'm fine i'm good and and that's exactly why i stopped doing that because mm-hmm. ain't nobody gonna give a fuck about you. You gotta come to the realization that you have to take care of you first. Yep. And people call that selfish, but what do they say when a plane is going down? Put your own mask on. Exactly. Then help mm-hmm. others. Then help you others. can't help somebody do shit if your shit ain't solid. Right. Fix you first. Stop being strong for everybody else because ain't nobody being strong for you. Mm-hmm. Be strong for what you have to take care of, your household. Be strong for your wife. 
because that's in the end that's the only person that's depending on you and you're depending on them and everybody you else you. <laughs> you're not giving a they don't give a flying fuck about you they gonna keep living their life you in a fight with one person that's got your back and i'll be fucking damned if i'm gonna fight with you in the house yeah <laughs> So you leave your bullshit outside the door, and I leave my bullshit outside the door, and inside these walls, we are a safe haven for each other because when we walk out these doors, we got to fight the world. Home team. It's it's like it's nah. Remember remember that uh remember that episode of Raw where Randy Orton and John Cena had to fight the whole Raw roster. <laughs> Like that's what it's like. like. It's the two of y'all, or like when the Shield had to fight the whole raw raw, raw roster. It's 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 literally y'all y'all two y'all three. You're like, all right, this is us. Let's do it. We we, we got these chairs. We gonna swing, but at the end of the day, it's me and you. We got this. That's how I feel with trying to get this shit off the ground with y'all. I know if I got my back against y'all, we gonna make it. It's us. It's we, us till the wheels fall off. It's straight up. Shit. And the wheels are rolling right now. Yeah. Uh one one uh one other thing for y'all. One second. Uh, what's the name of this joint? Oh. Um what's y'all's ultimate ambitions in your I guess like for your life and for like your career? Like what's your ultimate like ambition? What's your what's your pinnacle, so to speak? Uh, for me personally, I, I'm not necessarily aiming to retire early, but one of my goals is to make work optional by age 50. And that doesn't necessarily necessarily mean like hang up my, like, you know, kick back my feet, retire kind of thing, but just work optional means do what I want when I want. If I want to work seasonally, part-time throughout the year, and then the other parts of the year, just work on passion projects or give back to what's important to me. So, like, I, I guess that's something that I'm, like, running towards is, like, I want to make work optional by 50 so I can live the rest of my days how I choose. You can travel and all that shit. <laughs> uh, y'all know how I get out. Um, I want to disappear. Uh, sorry, I keep cutting my camera off and mic off because it's a storm here and Chavi is going crazy in the house. And y'all know I'm in my smoke laboratory. So, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, I want to disappear and get enough money to where I get either a remote island or some land somewhere and just disappear. Y'all niggas ain't going to hear from me. It's going to be, uh, y'all want to come see me? All right, cool. I need y'all to get on this plane. And all the planes that I tell y'all to get on is gonna bring y'all to a location, but I can't tell y'all where y'all at. Just know y'all safe. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? Like, trust me to tr- trust me enough to get on the plane. And if I tell you to bring your passport, it's fucking up. You know the crazy part is like because it's can already say that right up. now, and I would do it. <laughs> he can say it's that right all, now. <laughs> it's already up. It's just like I want to. I want to get to a point where my money make money for me. And I can just go lay up. I ain't gotta get up. If I if I, if my wife don't want to go teach some shit, she ain't gotta go get up. Or she could just go to her section of the house where she can do virtual learning and then come back to the rest of the house. Or I can go in my section of the house 
and play video games, stream, whatever I want to do, because my real money making money for me and I ain't got to do shit. That's the type of money I need. It ain't even want no more. It's I need that type of fucking money because I don't want to do shit. I don't want to work for nobody because I don't like being told what to do. Like, you can suggest it, but as far as you telling me to do it, oh, it's not going to happen, Captain. I'm sorry. I'm one of them people you better you, you better word it right. Because as soon as I get some some I don't like it in, in what you're saying, no, sir. Cancel Christmas. I'm not going to pay attention to you. <laughs> Cancel Christmas is funny. Hey, uh, hey, hun, what about you? <laughs> Uh, what was the question? I'm sorry. Um, what's your ultimate ambition, like career-wise and life-wise? Uh, ultimate ambition, uh, career-wise, is to have this be such a well-oiled machine um, that we're bringing in. In uh, let's, I'm very specific here, like uh, monthly ad revenue. I want it to be at about uh, bare minimum 10,000 10, a month, right? Ad revenue, just just off of that. Um, and I guess that can go across the diaspora of all, all the content that we push. Um, also, I want to be able to have this as our own platform, um, either through like an app. Um, you know, I, I want to be able to wrangle all of this, all the, all the folks in, um, to where it's, it feels like it's like completely an umbrella. Um, but, uh, expansively, I, I want to touch on all parts of, uh, black creativity and it's present in the CDB like spectrum. So, um, you know, my cousin, he has, a there's a few, few cousins that, um, are rappers one I think has his own music group um, but I want to try and bring them in uh, under the umbrella and it was something I'd, I'd mentioned to our writer that we have on uh, Marty um, but I know he's he's still got some things to do before he's out of his deal so um, you know for me it's it's to to financially this is like everything it's feeding into itself so then you know people, don't have to, you know, sacrifice what they're sacrificing for coming out of pocket. So that's really like my biggest thing. And maybe that's the first step in the goal of what I want. Um, and, and the reason why I say 10, 10,000, uh, ad revenue. So then it's that way it's shared across and then everybody can do more with what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't, you know, you're not so concerned about having to pay, uh, for like the subscriptions that you have to pay for. It's like all your stuff is covered by all the work that we already did. Um, on top of that, I want to be able to uh, travel to a lot more things, you know, and it, and it sucks um, because it's like, hey, I got to sit here and, and, and wait, but I would love to be able to, you know, it's like, hey, we got press passes for Wally Mania or um, we've got open invitation to um, everything P PLL. Um, or we've got open invitation to, um, you know, the MLS, or we're doing a docu-series where we all go uh, overseas and we're going to a Real Madrid game. We go to an Arsenal game, something like that. But it's like I get to – we can shoot all of that and then be able to collaborate or connect with 
um, folks that we follow um, overseas. Like I've been, it's um, in my bucket and wheelhouse to connect with filthy fellas. Um, it's a podcast uh, over in the UK and uh, I like a lot of the stuff that they talk about, but I want to be able to sit in on, um, you know, one of those panels with them. Um, but then they can shoot a episode of Sucio boys with us. You know what I'm saying? Cause they're, they're wild as shit, bro. Um, but it's, it's really just being able to like, whatever it is that I, you know, like where, wherever the map is and I just throw a dart at it, I've got something that we can do. And then it's like, we can just go without hesitation. Right. Like we all like, like Sloan said, have your passport ready. And I tell you, you need to get ready cool i well now you know like like joe was saying earlier uh i spent so much time like learning and looking stuff up about travel and like you know talking to sloan in his conversations that he has because he's such he travels so frequently it's like i want to get to that point like i can just be like which you know in like two weeks if i get a hair under my ass and i'm like hey sloan i'm gonna come see you for the weekend and he's like all right bet well, we're going to be here or we're going to be da, 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 da. cool. You know what I'm saying? So then I know I can go um, down to visit Sloan and then I know we're going to shoot some content because it's, it's no mystery that like automatically we're definitely going to link up and there's going to be a ton of content that can be done. So, um, you know, it's just really that that's I think how I would also like my life to be is to where it's like like Joe said, it's like I want to have the option. Right. I want to have the option of like, do I really want to go to work today? Nah. Dude, right. Because I, that, it's look, like, we I, love having ambition. I, I love, I got it. the money coming in. I'm not worried about it. Like, you know, investments that are made or something like that. Um, <coughs> where it's like, I can eat off of that if I really wanted to, but I can still go get it because the bag is everywhere. And that's the thing that like, you know, stepping into this space, and then seeing the stuff that Sloan's done, seeing the stuff that you've done and Keys and, and Jermaine um, and and having conversations here with Joe so far, it's like, yeah, nah, I, I want it to where it's like we can all just eat. But like we all eating like I want to be able to feast, but I don't want to f- have to go get my like, you know what I'm saying? It's like I, the table's already built. The feast is set up. So I can go eat whenever I want to, but it's not predicated on whether or not Sloan goes to eat first. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can just go get whenever you're, you know, you feel the urge to go get a, another bite. That's why it's I, it's like being it's like being a it's like you'd rather be a uh, lion than a than a hyena, which small animal planet uh, tangent. Hyenas actually hunt more than they scavenge. And lions actually scavenge more than they hunt. That's at, like a lot of people don't know that. And documentaries are really deceptive for how they shoot and what they edit. But that's actually a little uh, animal tidbit. So, you know, it's like that. <laughs> so can I drop in a quick two cents? And by the way, uh, I switched out my headphones because my AirPod died. So can everyone oh, hear me right. clearly? Yeah, yeah I can, buddy. I can hear you. <laughs> all right, cool. So from what I've been hearing from uh, our, our answers is we all want to chase the bag. We like traveling. We all want to like, you know. So I'm glad I'm kind of in this um, episode today because one thing I'm big on is credit. And with credit cards, you can leverage the bank's money. So like if you don't have the funding right away, there's 0% interest credit cards for the first year when you first open them. 
So you can use that to leverage and help your business grow with business credit cards. And then also with the right credit cards, if you get points, those points can turn into airline miles, hotel nights, things like that. So I mm-hmm. guess I want to follow it up with you guys. Do you have uh, do you you, you want you guys want to have the, like a quick little Q&A with me or like just shoot me a couple questions. And if I have the answers, I'll provide them. If not, we can follow up later. I'll shoot you a YouTube link or I'll Google some stuff and make sure I get the information to you. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Right, well, whoever wants to ask a credit question, feel free. Well, it's not a credit like, question. I was like, I got this number. Uh, I, I can call how do them whenever. How do you set up a living trust? That is a question for a lawyer. I cannot answer that correctly, but I would talk to an attorney and give you so you can get the most proper answer because I don't want to give you like a half baked, half assed answer. So that's a I question for an attorney. That. I don't know none of them, so I gotta get some thirty <laughs> friends. Uh, Correct. Uh, I guess like that's the only thing I need jo- to know. Too. I guess I say, Joe, talk to. Early, oh, sorry. We were talking earlier, and uh, pretty much we speak the same language when it comes to travel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe, travel you hacking. Tell, you want you want to tell the people um, your your stance on debit versus credit cards and why? Oh yeah, happily. So my take is your credit card should only be used to hit the ATM and get cash out when needed. Besides that, you should not, not use not your debit, debit card, card for correct Say debit credit. card. Do oh, I'm sorry. Did I? Sorry. Sorry. So you should only use a debit card to take cash out the ATM and nothing else. If you use your debit card to pay for stuff, that's a bad move. That's what I mm. do. I don't even use my debit card anymore. It's all my credit card. It's just used to take cash out the ATM when needed. And now half the time you don't even need cash anymore. These barbers are taking Zelle, Cash App, Venmo. Like, honestly, the only time I take cash out the ATM really, uh, I'm currently in California and gas is usually like 10, 20 cents cheaper. So that's when I like whip out cash for things like that. But for the most part, uh, credit for everything. And I guess I'll follow it up with, I like to my credit cards, like shoes, you got your shoes to go to the gym. You got your shoes to go to work. You got your shoes to step out and get a little fancy. So every shoe, or excuse me, every pair of shoes has a purpose, correct? You're not going to wear your gym shoes to a fancy night out. You're not going to wear your work boots to the gym. You're not going to wear, you know, sneakers that you're going to play ball with to go, you know, I don't know, like basically use the right thing for the right category. And that's how I treat my credit cards. So if I like, you know, if I'm going to go grocery shopping, I'm going to use my American Express gold card It's going to give me four times points on groceries. Um, same thing for restaurants, American Express gold, four times points on restaurants. Uh, and th- that's just one example. So basically, I, I you got to use the right card for the right category to get the most bang for your buck and get the highest point yield. And with those points, you could turn those into free hotel nights. You can use them to travel hack air uh, flights. So, like, my perfect example for this is this summer, I went to Europe for two weeks. I did London, Amsterdam, Barcelona, and I went on a cruise around the Mediterranean. And all of it was travel hacked via credit card points. I used my credit card points to cop my flights. I used my credit card points to go on a cruise. And I used my credit card points to cover the hotels. (coughs) And me and my friend did it together. We went 50-50. It's also known as the player one, player two method where basically two people combine the power of their credit card points and yeah, just travel. Mm-hmm. 
like I said, you speak my language because that's what we do. Uh, but we don't have multiple credit cards. We go after the big card that ha that can do all of that at the same time. And then, like I said, like if you buy stuff on uh, through American, you get points that way. And For we sure. use that. And then uh, we have the loyalty points with American with um, Marriott, with Nationals, uh, National Car Rental. So we get free cars, we get free uh, nights at hotels. My wife is uh, executive platinum with American and with National. So we just don't, we, when we rent a car, you gotta say, oh, I want this specific car. We don't, we just walk out to the lane and just pick whatever car we want and drive off. You know, that's because she has a higher level. Or when we travel uh, with American, we get bumped up to first class often because of her status. And I did like, that. I, and also, like, people like the, and then with our credit card, we have Capital One. We get access to the Capital One Lounge in Dallas, which we. So you have the Capital One the Venture line. X card. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> yes, sir. You see, so, you you uh, didn't even, didn't even have to say the name of the card, and I already knew it. <laughs> yeah, you like like I said, the, the one the power we call it the power card. So this and, is where we'll slightly agree to disagree. Is that there's other cards that you can get that are maybe a little bit better for one thing than the other, or you can get another Capital One card, and then you can combine the points together. So like, let's say for instance, there's a card that could get you a higher point yield for something. You could use a different Capital One card and just combine the points together. Circling back to the pair of shoes reference, you got to use the right shoes for the right thing. I like that. And then also yes, within the Capital One card too, so. for sure. And then within the whole like you know travel hacking world, there's something called status matching that you might want to look into. Like you said, you have status with National, you have status with American, you have status with uh, what was the hotel chain you said? Marriott. Marriott. You can challenge other companies and ask, hey, can you status match me? Because, like, you know, you can status match hotel to rental car companies and vice versa. And there's, like, a big web diagram out there that you can probably find on Google Images. So, you know, like, I fully understand you and your wife are loyal to these companies. But you might want to look into status matching and, you know, see what other options are out there. Because, you know, if you have the top level with this, they might match you to the top level with someone else. And that can open you up for more, you know, that can open up more doors. See, my wife handle all that. And I just say, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm, that, that's all a headache to me. But I know with American that when I complain, they get it done. Like, Fair. no, then that's why I like American. And I dig that. Mar I dig that. We like we like Marriott because the hotels are always cleaner. Every Marriott we go to, super clean, never have a problem. Even though we still wipe down the room and spray it with Lysol when we get there. Respect. It's, when you look at the when you look at the the Lysol wipe, we was like, oh, we really didn't have to do this, but it's good to know <laughs> that they actually come in here and clean. Respect. And it's been hotels that we've gone to. And shit be a little black or a little brown. You know what I'm saying? But, and we can't go for that, especially as much as we was traveling during COVID. Like, I'm still, 
I might not wear my mask in the airport, but on the airplane, I'm definitely going to put my mask on. I'm, I'm not going. You know that's what fair. I'm saying? Like, you, that's trapped air. I, I, I can't go. Even that's though fair. they try to cycle out the air, I'm I'm not going. I, I wear my mask. <laughs> Sometimes oh. if I hear somebody cough in the private lounge, oh, I'm going to put my mask on. Sorry, <laughs> not dealing with that. Yo, um, I'd say like for me, I got I got two like ambitions. I mean, and like you know, one of them I I like to I always like to set myself like with like you know a realistic goal versus one that's going to just take some work to get to happen. Like it's possible, but it's going to take a lot of work. So, one I would love to be like a a either assistant or like a head coach in either the PLL or the NLL someday. That would be uh that would just be cool. I just I would just like that, you know. That that'd be a good nice little rise to rise to uh rise to the occasion kind of story. Um and then I guess like end goal is I'm definitely looking at being some sort of um content or like commentator like employee and like in the lacrosse world. I mean, fitness is cool. It's been a cool part of my life, but fitness was always just like a, a waiting period kind of job where like, it wasn't like a job I wanted to do forever. It was just a, something that's easy to do while I'm waiting to figure out my next best path. That type, that type shit. Uh, but I have really enjoyed the lives I've gotten to change through it. Love that. Might, might even, uh, might even, uh, if it wasn't for the fact that referees don't get paid that much, I'd, I'd, I'd referee, but man, they don't really, they ain't gonna make that much money. <laughs> it's a nice little side hustle, but yeah, it's definitely not a full time. Yeah, that's why, I, that's why I stopped coaching soccer, bro. It was like the hours spent, and then you know, you're, you're working on uh, basically, you think about it as a teacher, but you're working on these lesson plans or practice plans, and then you know. It, depending on if you've got to travel like it, bro it it just like i looked at it from an aspect because i went to school for sports administration and it was like dog i would look at some of my my constituents and coaches and it's like you got to go get your badges like your coaching badges um you got to recertify basically every year and then on top of that you know, like if you do work with a club that's big enough, they'll they'll like reimburse you, but you still got to come out of pocket. So, dog, no fucking way. It's like, I yeah, there's way too much that you have to put out versus like, you know, just being I a part that. of it. And I would just much rather be associated with the sport in a way that like allows me to comment on it or, or talk about it versus – you know, like having to do all the, the legwork. But it is interesting that conversations y'all were having about like travel and, and credit. And it was like, I almost fucking blanked out. Cause I was like, dog, I don't know any of this shit. Lock in with me. I got you. Yeah, for sure. Boy, you ain't been paying attention. Nah, <laughs> man. I've, I've, think, see, no, no. Cause I've been paying attention. Blessed. It's like, damn dude. Like what I, it, you know, it's like, what you know what no. you don't know. And then you're just like, fuck. <laughs> y'all think I'll be flexing when I be trying to show y'all this shit. And it's not a flex. It's just how we get out. Like, because y'all know, y'all know what I say. A flex to you is a Tuesday to somebody else. Mm-hmm. 
And that's uh, I was telling, regular yeah. regular day of the week to them. You oh, know it's what like I'm I was saying? telling. And, um, sorry. And that's why I feel like when I am in first class, I want to be the niggerest nigger I can be. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all laughing. Nah, nah, I totally nah. understand what he's it was, saying. I understood what you were saying. It's, it's just how you said it. It's representation. Yeah. It's representation. Because it's a kid on the plane that get on from probably where I grew up at who didn't even know they could get on the fucking plane. Right. Or they didn't know it was sections to plane. Right. But to see somebody that looked just like them, that talked like them, and it's not like I'm ho 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 tootie 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 and I'm wearing uh, a fucking seersucker suit in first class with no socks loafers. No bitch, I'm in a Nike tech outfit and Jordans. Right. So when kids see me, it's like, damn, that nigga can sit in first class. Oh, I can do it now. And I, when we go flying, I'm I hear what you're saying slides. about representation, <laughs> but I guess where I differentiate, I differentiate slightly is I like to put people on about how I do it, which is why I'm such a big preacher on credit card perks is because like if someone who doesn't know how to do it, they'll flex in the wrong way and they'll just pay it out of pocket to fly first class. Compared oh, to people like I us, never paid for first class. Correct, correct. But like, this is what I'm getting to. We know how to travel hack. There's other people who might see it and be like, oh, I want to do that next. And then they'll just max out a credit card or pay it, pay it on a credit card and have no plan to pay it off. So, like, I guess that's why I'm big on, like, all right, I want to teach you how to travel hack instead of just, like, watch me do it. And then you try to replicate it and you just get yourself in debt. Oh, it's never, it's never replicated. It's ask me. Just ask me how I do it. And I'll that's you, true. I'll but I feel like exactly a lot of people they're afraid to ask and they'll just try to copycat and then they do it wrong. And I'm just like, and no, that's you, you would have, that's, that's their problem. Cause if I they would have asked, I would have told them exactly how to do it. Cause all right. That's, so like, that's the difference in gatekeeping. I'm not offering it, but if you come to me and say, Hey bro, I want to learn how to do this. I'll put you on facts. But like to uh, I guess to like think of an old Kanye song from his first album, college dropout all falls down. There's a lot of people that still like, you know, one bar that hits the hardest for me is I just spent 400 bucks on this just to be like, nigga, you ain't up on this. And I feel like I heard that I stopped doing it. Correct. But I feel like 20 plus years later, that song came out and that that bar still rings true because a lot of people, they just like to put like they they like to put on a front that they're flexing for the gram, social media or whatever. But I guess there's better ways to do it, and it's not just to just show off. There's there's ways to hack traveling, and that's and that's something that I'm on. I like that. Right. Um, I need I need that. I need that. I gotta I gotta get down. We gotta tap in. Oh, if we gonna if we gonna give out a travel hack real quick. Uh, if you don't do like we do, and you can't afford to do like we do. It's a, a website called uh, Skyscanner, and it will get you the best dollar for flights domestically, internationally, like within your budget. You might That's have cool. to fly Spirit. You might have to fly Spirit, but Sorry, hey, I hate the spirit it'll get airlines. you to where you got to go. 
Hey, the sky scanner is more of when you're actually like paying full price for the flight. I'm more of a how can we use our credit card points to cop this for free? And then how many I'm I'm asking the question like how many times do I need to use the credit card to get them travel points type it shit? Depends on what credit card you get. So back to what I was saying seventy thousand miles. Yeah, back to what I was saying about the shoes and the credit cards. You got to use your right shoes for the right occasion. Use the right card for the right purpose. Uh, that's pretty much it. You just—it's part of your everyday spending. You're gonna go grocery shopping. You're gonna go out to eat on the weekends. You're gonna have to, you know, put gas in your car. All those things are gonna be your daily expenses that you put on credit cards, and the points are gonna rack up. So it's not like you have to spend more money than you were originally planning. You could just do it as part of your everyday spending. Mm. And then some of your, uh, you can use your credit card points that don't even touch your airline points or your hotel points. They just add to them. Because you can mm, be like, like, oh, if I if I use my, like we have the Capital One, if I use my Capital One points on American to use this, I can get five times the American points while getting three times the uh, the uh, Capital One points for using my points. And then Ahan and Sloan with uh, CDB, if you get a business credit card, you double dip any business expenses you put on the business credit card, and, yes, if you, you, could, and you could use move those points to get free travel as well. Yes, sir. Oh, shit. Okay. That's Yo. all we're waiting on the EIN number. Oh, I got it for you. <laughs> oh nigga, we been had an EIN number. Oh, yeah, dude. Could have been moving. Oh my gosh, uh, Sloan, I will sit. I will. I will give you all the documentation you need, bro. We could have. I think you probably the... have it already. Nah, I don't have the EIN number. If I was okay, okay, okay. It, I all right, I'm gonna make sure to share it with credit you. card for no reason. Man, listen, I'm gonna make yes. sure to share it with you. Business credit you. cards are a must. Highly recommend them. Yo, hey, uh, so. Get ready to get on up out of here, folks. This one, this one has been the fun first first arc for this series. Uh, you know, anybody that's listening, tap in. We're looking to have uh, Jermaine and Keys and possibly my boy Damon on the next one uh, of these. But this panels like this is super important because you know it's important to know that not only do we all share like the same like uh, ethnicity, but we also have experiences that are different but experiences that are shared and the value that we bring as like the intrinsic value we all have is intangible and yeah so this has just been really dope um but uh gentlemen tell the uh tell the audience where they can find you at so they can uh follow you and all that uh joe go ahead tell the people where they can find you at uh, I'm not an influencer, but I am on Instagram. It's Joe underscore Reyes with the Z. So that's J-O-E underscore R-E-Y-E-Z. Tap in with me. I got you. I like that. Uh, Ahan? Oh, Ahan the Shogun, you know what I'm saying? Uh, A.Han, that's the Shogun on Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, uh let's see i'm not sure where else but uh yeah those are the biggest places you can get in touch with me you can also reach out to uh via email at cdb podcast 23 at gmail 
um, just so that way if you have any questions or want to link up on some uh, uh, content, then we can do that. But easiest way is just to reach out to socials and then we'll connect. Fire. Sloan, what about you? Uh, you know what I always say, Sucio Sloan 217 on all social medias. Drink water, smoke, grease, wash your ass, mind your business. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, fat girls love you the best. Uh, don't let anybody take your butt unless you want them to. And if you let them take your butt, make sure they're wearing a condom. Um, uh, don't step in puddles. Uh, wear your raincoat because it's raining out. Um, yeah, uh, that's about it for this one, this week. Yep. All right. Uh, as you guys can see, I'm Dre Connor 48 on Instagram, underscore Sirlax a lot on Twitter. Uh, TikTok is Sirlax a lot 48. Uh, this has been the Aim High podcast hosted by the CDB Multimedia Network. Uh, as we were talking about earlier, y'all got to go out there. Get your money. Fucking me, but I have a little collar, but you're not fucking me. Baby, you know I'ma take care of you. Cause you said you got my baby, and I know it ain't true.